Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Illumineers Quest podcast where we talk everything Lorcana. I'm Zach. And I'm Jacob. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. Okay, so it's been a while since we've recorded because you were unfortunately sick last week. Oh my gosh, dude, I miss this so much. It's been a little nutty. We didn't miss an episode technically, but mm-hmm. it's been so long since we've talked about it. We have tons to talk about. We, we had to move a few episodes around a little bit, um, so not everything went according to plan, but... Um, Thank you guys for uh, dealing with some older content coming in late, uh, a little later than it should have. I think this one's going to be really good, though. So we're doing yes. the infamous best card tier list. That which, we're definitely not going to screw up. No, I think we're in a much better spot this time. But that was our best episode in set one by far, in a way. So I hope this one does well as well and everybody likes this one. But yeah, so we're, today we're just talking like best cards from chapter one. We're going to kind of get into... Chapter 2. Chapter 2, yeah. Sorry, gosh, I can't talk. It's been too long. (laughs) It's been too long. (laughs) Um, Chapter 2, and we're going to kind of get into how they like fit into the meta, but I want to just like kind of tease that, because that's going to be our next episode. So Mm -hmm. if you want to understand like the best meta decks right currently, and how the meta's playing out, and so forth, like that will be the next episode, so watch out for that one. So yeah, we'll get into a little bit of the meta stuff, mainly talk about the tier list, talk about the cards, talk about why we like them, why we don't like them, why they may be over a little hyped on some, um, some of them, but yeah, so that's it. So let's get into it. As, as always, thank you everyone for following us. And if you're um, watching on YouTube, you're gonna have a video with this one as we go through the tier list. If you're listening on Spotify, go. you can go over to YouTube and follow us on our YouTube channel um, at Illumineers Quest and see the, the tier list as we go through this. Um, we also have a Twitter account at Lorcanapod and you can email us questions at lorcanapod at gmail.com as well. So with that being said, questions slash comments from listeners we have a ton to get caught up on on this we have we've had a lot of questions and a couple emails and so i want to start off from one from wayne a frequent responder to the podcast and so thought it'd be good to answer him he he sent us his deck and said you know what do you think about this deck um i before i get into that though i have to say he opened six boxes and 40 random packs with no enchanteds we feel your pain. Yeah. We did get some, so not quite as unlucky, mm-hmm. but with as much as we opened, I feel like we should have gotten way more than we did. And we weren't the only ones that opened in our, our little group. We had a um, my family and a few other friends that opened some, and we got, I mean, the only only one, which yeah. um, wasn't out of a booster box. No, so it's been it's been pretty dry out here, unfortunately. But that being said, so he, he sent us a, a Ruby Amethyst deck. So, you know, you'd think off the start, pretty hot deck there. But he has a different little twist on it. He's going more like the, the Fairy Godmother route with um, a lot of Rush and Evasive characters. And so I like that a lot. Um, you have Lady Tremaine in there, which is fantastic. Lady Tremaine might be one of my, like, if not the favorite, one of my top three favorite cards of the set for sure. Um, you've got... Broom Recursion with Mickey and Magic Brooms from set one. You've got Card Draw from Queen of Hearts and the Queen of Hearts Shift Rush character, which pairs well with the Peter Pan Shadow card from the Amethyst set. And then Shere Khan, uh, Merlin Rabbit to draw cards, Namari to do some hard removal. Um, So yeah, I think overall, I like the pieces uh, I think there's a, a lot of strong pieces to, to the deck. I think you've got a good mix of like, you know, board removal, board control, fairy godmother can help you, you know, keep the board full and your hand full by returning cards to your hand after characters are banished and so forth. 
So I, I like a lot of the pieces, you know, especially with Shere Khan and, and Fairy Godmother. I think they pair pretty good together because you want to be challenging with Shere Khan. Fairy Godmother gives you benefits from challenging as well, so I like a lot of that. Um, you've got the, the two-drop Pinocchio, not the three-quester, but the one that exerts when you exerts a chosen opposing character when you play him which i think is also pretty underrated because that allows you to go in and then punish a character that's played with fairy godmother again like that can help shift that challenge as well so i think overall it's a good one um yeah though honestly wayne the one comment i have is four pocket watches that's probably too many <laughs> which if if that's the only criticism i have to give i think that's pretty good again no expert here but I like what you're doing. I, I didn't even mention the Elsa. We have the, the first chapter baby Elsa, as we usually call mm -hmm. her, that allows you to exert a chosen opposing character as well. So you can really get in there and do a bunch of damage on characters that are drawing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think overall it's a pretty fun strategy. It's, it's definitely not the most meta deck ever, but I think you can definitely catch some people off guard with you know the the pocket watch and Aladdin's Heroic Outlaws in there as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I, think, it's, I think that'd be a really fun deck to play. One thing that I'm noticing here on this deck too is he's got Hey Hey and the Brooms in there, so he's got he's got lots of hand recursion coming back. Yeah, um, lots of like he's got little stuff. Fairy like Godmother, that that, I mentioned that too. So hand recursion for, there. Yep, yep. He's got a lot of stuff that works well with that. Um, so not a ton of card draw, but if the if the mm -hmm. idea is is that you're getting that many cards from your board back into your hand, mm -hmm. then it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's got he's got bounce and stuff. Yeah, so I, I think I think it works really well. Again, I don't think it's the most meta deck ever, but not everybody has to play that. It also depends. He might have a local meta at his um, yeah, that's very true. Local too. game store um, that that really pairs well with that. So yeah. I like it a lot. I yeah, like Wayne, lot. Wayne, send us a note and let us know how this has been playing for you and, and what you and give us some more insight and maybe we can follow up and. And give some some players some tips, and even like post this on social media or something, and say if, if people are interested in it. Um, so yeah, that's that's the big one I wanted to touch on this time. Next next episode, we can get into a couple of the the X slash Twitter comments and, and go from there. But um, card of the week, do you have one on the top of your head? I think it's your turn if you want to if you want to go. Oh man! All right. Um... Can you can you buy me time a little bit? No, I'll just. I mean, if, if I, you got I can one, buy you time, I don't have or, one, or I can go. Um, I mean, I've already kind of talked about it, Lady Tremaine. You're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about it later. I know. That's why I, I'll I'll just tease Lady Tremaine then because she is on the list. If you're watching on YouTube, I feel like, can... bro. I feel like that's cheating. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, like... well then. Okay then. Merlin goats on here too. All right. Yeah. I do. I'll, I have one then. Okay, go. Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> but not. Not. Not Honey Wizard. Not Honey Wizard. Oh, the other, okay. I actually like this a lot. Okay, I know where you're going now. You're going for the Sapphire Winnie. Sapphire Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, um, his, his um, having a think is his subtext. Okay. Winnie the Pooh having a think. So read off the card. I don't know exactly off the top of my head. So. Three three cost, inkable, uh, two strength, three willpower, um, quests for two, and is basically Fishbone Quill. So his ability is Fishbone Quill. You can when he quests, you can take a, hand, a card from your hand and put him into your inkwell. I love this card. The I think the kicker here is that it's not exerted. So the thing that I think that makes it like really OP mm -hmm. is that you can put it like if you know you have him on the board and you need another ink for your your turn, then you can use it that turn. Mm -hmm. Like it's not exerted like Gramatala. You know, it's you challenge, she goes into your inkwell, but it's exerted. So I I, I like this one a lot. I think it it can definitely supplement Fishbone Quill, um, especially in the. 
um, the super annoying paw can popsicle control deck that if you haven't heard about, you will hear much about in the upcoming episodes. Um, but yeah, I like it. What, so why is this your, your card of the week? So it's not in the ink I currently play, um, in Sapphire. Um, but my, my brother played a little bit towards the, um, the beginning of chapter two and I like was really the first time that I really saw the card in action. Um, and it's currently not on our list so i wanted to just pop pop one that wasn't no. on our list here um but i think so obviously uh, fishbone cool was a chapter one item card um that basically does the same thing um but to get lo- two lore for this at the same time you're doing that in an ink ramp which i think you don't really see often when in an ink ramp that we have now that you're also questing while building ink i think Maybe in the future will work even better into ink ramp, make ink ramp even more playable. Yeah, um, I'm sorry. I, I like the him a lot too. I think most people that are playing popsicle are playing Mickey Detective from Chapter One, but he's uninkable, and you only get the ink once. Mm-hmm. On this, he is inkable, and you can get it multiple times if you need. So I like Winnie a lot. So and correct me if I'm wrong, but does it say you may? ink a card or do you have to no you may you don't have okay to. so that's another that's another win yeah. there no so um, that's yeah that's a good one it's not on the list um and i think he is relatively playable especially in the popsicle deck these days i think he's a pretty good option if you've got him no it's one that came to mind i just wanted to put it out there um i'm also the art's really nice um just a shout out yep yep okay news what's on our mind league match recap little off topic but i know what you're going to say and i don't know i don't have to no there's nothing wrong with it i just know it's coming because we talked about it already so let it out and let the people know what what you've been doing all right so if you watch the chapter two uh was it our our open or release day stream (laughs) i got hammered for something (laughs) um i have not seen at that time i had not seen emperor's new groove spoiler alert yeah well spoiler at that time he had not at that time i had not um, I got hammered for it a little bit. So one weekend, um, past weekend, I did watch it for my f- the first time ever. I didn't. I really didn't know anything. All I knew was that uh, Cusco turned into a llama. That's all. That's all I knew. I didn't even know Poncho uh, was a character except for Lorcana. Poncho. I said Poncha. You said Poncho. I said Poncha. Okay. I technically said Poncha, <laughs> but. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Um, but I'll get into the takeaways here. Just give me one quick takeaway and then a, uh, score of how many llamas out of 10. Okay. Uh, hated Cusco. Hated Cusco. Um, did not like him at all, uh, throughout the entire movie, even at the end. Um, did not, did not like him as a main character at all. Uh, la- loved Pacha, Kronk, and Yzma though. Um, I think that Cusco is more of a villain than Yzma was, um, to be completely honest. I mean, he almost killed an old man, first of all. That was when he was bad. We've, we, we talked about this pre-show. I still... He did redeem himself. I Whether st- you think... I mean, we have differing opinions on that. I think he finally saw his bad ways. He saw that people can be good and they are worth treating with respect. And he changed his ways. I, I just think... I, I really didn't like Cusco. And that's, um, I mean, you're not supposed to in the beginning. I just think in the end, obviously, we have differing opinions there. But, okay, how many llamas out of 10 do you give it? 
I'll give it a six. Six out of ten llamas? I'll give it a six. Uh, first of all, because it's llamas, and I didn't really like Cusco. Um, but real Okay, how many pachas out of ten do you give it? I'll give it a six pachas. <laughs> okay, so it has nothing to do with it. Has nothing to do with it. Um, I just... I don't know. Like I've seen a few other movies where the character, the main character, is hateable, and I just think that kind of deflates from the movie. Also, um, one thing that was really repetitive is like Pacha and Cusco kept separating and getting back together. They did that like four times in the movie, um, so we had to go through that a lot. Like they fought, they fought, then they left each other, then they came back, fought, left each other, came back, fought, left each other, came back a few times. Um, and then I, I don't think there was enough of Kronk. I know there's a sequel with Kronk. I don't think there was enough of Kronk. All right. Well, okay. For the Cusco fans out there, please don't banish the podcast. We're, <laughs> I, I love Cusco. I love the Emperor's New Groove. Don't let Jake's foul opinion ruin your relationship with our show. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm being honest. Yeah, you know, no, you know, you're getting an honest opinion that's fair. with me. Um, what's on my mind? I would say I finally caved and bought a bunch of singles. This is the first time I've done that. So I'll say the same thing. So did I. I obviously, it's what's on your mind, but so did I. Um, I think it's just... Like, I, did, I don't think I bought as much as I did product-wise, um, Chapter 1. So I think... Like, I wanted to get... Also, single prices are just a lot better right now they than they were. They seem to be. Um, just overall. Um, so that's kind of what tempted me to, to get into it a little bit. Um... But yeah, overall, it was a really great experience. Did you just able to buy singles? Yeah, um, I'll let you go for. No, me. I agree. I, I bought um, I bought Maleficent Monsters Dragon from Chapter One. I bought um, Mem Fox from Chapter Two. I bought Hades Infernal Schemer from Chapter One. I bought um, Lady Tremaine, which I already kind of touched on, and we will get into here in a, in a quick second. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to. I actually wanted to be able to go to league with a really complete deck that I want to play, unlike I didn't get to in chapter one because I kept putting off buying singles and putting off buying singles, and then I just never did because it came to chapter two. And mm-hmm. So I am going to come just with a raging fire, pun intended, yes, into our league this this split because I'm going to have a good deck. So. That being said, I think we've teased the the card a couple of these cards enough already. So, yeah. is it time to get into the tier list? Best cards tier list. Let's go. Okay, so quick like reminder on like what this is for people that didn't watch the first episode um, from chapter one. This isn't like all of the good cards or all of like the tiers, and if we put them in like a C tier or a D tier, that doesn't mean they're necessarily a bad card. Because these are the top cards. Like these yeah, are the no, top cards. No, if it's in the bottom tier, it's still playable. I yeah. think. The, the, it's just it's either not as flexible in you know being able to be put into a ton of decks. It's either you know could be very situational in a deck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not as straightforward as some of the other cards are. Like as incredibly oppressing. Yes. Like for instance. Chapter one recap: We didn't have Rapunzel in there. We're terrible, but Rapunzel's an S tier because she has an on play ability. You get to draw off of her. She quests for two. There's a ton of good things about her. She's extremely flexible. A still like really good card from chapter one, but isn't like insane, insane, insane. That might be like a C tier or a D tier. Would be like the Steel Beast that does an item removal. Mm-hmm. You know, 
item removal is great. If you're playing an opponent that doesn't do item removal, then he's not as useful and he's a little overvalued because he's a 4-4 body with a 5 cost and so not super insane. And so yeah, one of those, like it's kind of situational, but that kind of gives you some laid out on like how we're doing these. And just because it's low doesn't mean it's terrible. Yes, exactly. Okay, so we have these grouped by inks. They're not in any particular order, but we're just going to start and we're going to go through it. Okay, so Felicia... She is a Ruby Reckless, another Ruby Reckless character, but she's one cost, so she can get on the board very fast. She's three strength, one willpower, so she can take out a lot of big bodies. So, where would you put Felicia? Again, thinking of that the same spectrum we were talking about, I'm gonna put her in in C. I feel like I think that's okay. I might have put her B, but I have no qualms with C. Um, again, I think she's really situational. I think late game, she's not gonna give you much value at all. Um, so you got to get her on the board early. She has inkable, which saves her from probably being unplayable if she wasn't inkable. Um, but I still think she's a strong card to have. I think if you're playing a Ruby Shirkon deck, then there's a lot of value to be had there because she's going to go in and she's going to attack somebody, and that's going to give you value from Shirkon and her. So let me. I want to. I want to put this out there real quick. I am currently playing a damage deck, and so as I'm trying to separate that from these cards as much as possible. A lot of my experience with a lot of these cards is playing against them with my damage deck. So, for instance, like Felicia never challenges me. So that, she just dies. Because she just dies. Yeah. So that to be completely fair and completely transparent here, that is probably like, I might have a thing. No, to that, do that's with. a good point too. Is anybody with one damage or with one willpower with all of the damage abilities and steel? If you're playing steel, is not very good. So C tier, I think, probably makes more sense. No, I just wanted to put that out there, but um, we're gonna move Tremaine to the end there. Um, okay. Well, we've—I mean, you've already said how you feel about her, so. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, okay. So I'm gonna do Mini. I'm gonna say, uh, like a solid high B tier for Mini. So Mini Mouse Surfer, um, stylish Surfer. Sorry, is a three-cost inkable and Ruby with one strength, three willpower. Quest for two, is evasive. I think the, the kicker here that makes her really strong is that she quests for two like Pongo, but costs one less. On your evasive characters, you don't really care how much strength they have. Like, if you're having to challenge with your evasive characters to take people off the board, then you're probably in a really bad spot, and the one between Mini and two between Pongo isn't going to be the end of the game. And the one less cost that you get from Mini gets a ton of value, and so I think she's really, really solid. No, I, I completely agree. Um, again, coming from a, a damage deck perspective, um, I haven't seen her like completely at you know her best yet. Um, but I think B is a perfect spot for her. Um, I will say three willpower is with a damage deck is nice. Um, so it's just overall, I think it's it's the strength I, to me is meaningless. I don't think it matters much for an evasive. No, not at all. Um, but I mean. That's that's really solid card in my in both of our opinions. I think, um, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, Queen of Hearts. My turn here. I will I will put her in B. Yep. That's right where I was going. So the the rush Queen of Hearts, the shift target. Uh, I think is probably a little bit stronger than her shift counterpart. But two strength, two willpower, two cost, inkable quests for one. Again, big deal here is rush. So. And inkable. Yeah, and inkable. Inkable rush, um, which I. Is I don't think Rafiki or Zeus are inkable. Just Maui. Just Maui, yeah. So that I mean that's a big that's a big win um, for me. 
Um, there's not a whole lot of like super meta cards that are uh, two willpower, but overall, just able to throw that on there with other stuff um, is really nice. I think it just it, it pairs really well with challenging Ruby doing the Ruby job of taking characters out. You have her on turn two, you have Maui on turn five, you have a lot of catching people off guard ability. That's pretty much all it is. Um, okay, I need your help on Scar. I don't know. I, th I think he is, again, like he's a very strong, like catch you off guard character, but I still think Be Prepared is probably a little stronger. I think I'm going B with him as well. Um, so Scar is the one of the legendaries in the Ruby set. He has Rush as well. He has Uninkable, 7 cost, 6 strength, 5 willpower, and his ability is whenever this character banishes another character in a challenge, you may ready this character, and so he can kind of tap into two or three characters in one turn to take them out. The, the kicker is, is if he lives through it, then he's still on the board, whereas Be Prepared like obviously wipes everything out. So I think... I don't know. I I've been having I've been have to have been convinced on this card a few times. I've been convinced on this card a few times. Um, I'm I re, I'm really not the biggest fan of it. Um, I think it costs way too much. I think six uninkable is fine. Banishing three characters in one turn. I, I honestly I don't think it's doing like I understand. I understand. I just I don't know. I, I'm just I really don't like it to be completely honest. So it is your pick though, but I, I think he's a solid 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 play can catch you off guard I just think the fact that If it had like Seven willpower. I think he would be like completely busted. I think it that the, should not have seven willpower. I yet. think the case here is that he's probably going to Die at the end of his you know like reign of terror on banishing your cards because he's only got five strength um, but I think he can take out how there, there aren't many characters in the game that can take out more than one character in a turn. And he's one of them. I agree with that. Um, I will say, first of all, that would have added more value is completely get rid of the lore. I don't know why it has lore, like add value to something else. Don't give it lore. I no, I like the lore because if he does stay on the board, then he's a big nuisance. No, I don't think, I don't think he needs lore. Give more value to the willpower or give it inkable. Um, I'm sure that something like that comes out, where you don't, where you have a reckless character like that that can ready themselves. But again, I think it's not the 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 idea is not to be just overtly oppressive, because then you're just getting into a be prepared level, like it basically just a carbon copy of be prepared. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's I think it's really strong, and I think I don't think it's a be prepared replacement, but I think it, it, in the right circumstances, it can be incredibly off catch you off guard and be a really big swing in the game. Now, I will say this to lead into our next card here. I'm looking at this card in a vacuum, the Scar card. Can't do that. Gotta look at him in the... I, I understand. But if we're talking about with our next card here... Okay, Shere Khan, give me the... Shere Khan in a tier. Yep, I agree it completely again. Um, I think that the Scar card works much better, but let's get into let's get into Shere Khan. So here. Shere Khan is three cost... Three strength, three willpower, inkable, quests for one, but his big thing is to just basically stay on the board because whenever one of your characters challenges another character, you gain one lore. So you basically get benefits from challenging when he's on the board. And so, yeah, I mean, he's obviously a lot better. Scar's obviously a lot better with Shere Khan. I think Shere Khan like, can really be a, a huge threat because 
your opponent doesn't want to challenge or doesn't want to quest and leave them exerted because they're going to get challenged and they're going to get a lore from that challenge. And it even like it even adds bonus to other characters. For instance, Heroic Outlaw. It gives you three lore that turn that that yeah. banish and then instead of two, um, just little things like that. It gives bonus to other cards. Um, makes even a card like Felicia earlier on really nice. Uh, Queen of Hearts really nice. Um, overall, just upgrades a lot of cards. I agree. Um, okay, Teeth and Ambitions. I'm gonna say A on this one too. I think he plays it plays really well with the Popsicle deck, which we'll talk a little bit more deeper okay. about next time. I think the one three stat line for the one cost cards get a lot stronger because they don't get banished with this. But any of the two strength, two willpower, either one cost or two cost, or even some of the three costs, they all get banished by this. And so it's a really big swing, not even to mention Donald, which gets stronger from more damage done to him. Um, I think it's, and it's a song. And any time you have a song that can remove cards, I think it's solid. If you do sing this card while playing Donald, he gets uh, five lore the turn he's, he's played, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but I feel I pretty much feel the same way on you, I think. I think it's just... I, th- it's, I think A's a little high, though, to be No, the, the reason I have it today, and I just need to mention this real quick before we move on, is the really... I don't, and I know you haven't played against this yet, but the extremely, extremely, extremely aggressive hyper-aggro Amber... Amethyst deck with Pinocchio and the the um, two lore one cost Maleficent and the two lore one cost Lilo from chapter one. If you don't have ways to remove those before they're questing, you're done. Yeah. So this gives you ways to like take Pinocchio off the board before he's even questing. Um, if you're if you don't have any other direct removal that you get with Steel. Sure. So sure. Um, okay, I'm taking uh, Lady Tremaine and she is at the very tippy top. And she is extremely overpowered. Because she is absolutely insane. She's a dragon fire because she takes a character off the board. The difference is, is her ability says the opponent gets to choose what card is removed. And so if they have a really strong card on the board and a relatively weak card on the board, your opponent's obviously going to pick the weak card. And so she's at her best when there's only one card on the board. But if that one card's a Cusco, guess what? Cusco gone. Ward <laughs> doesn't matter there. It does if it's a... I know Pete's not super played, but Pete has ward quests for two in chapter two. Um, he's gone. Prince Sean. Um, yeah, or if you've got, like, um, from the this Sapphire set, which we're going to get to in a second, the Grandfather Clock, Cogsworth, gone. So I, I think it's just really, 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 really strong for that alone. Then we get to throw in the pairings of the Mim... Recursion bounce Slash from Prince Amethyst, Arthur. and guess what? If you've got eight ink, you play her, you play Mem Snake, and bounce her right back. And guess what's coming next turn? I think another the, Lady Tremaine. I think the even better combo would be Arthur and her um, gaining two lar. Bring, yeah, bring her back. you can do that too. But my point is, is like I have played games where I've played her seven times, six or seven times. That's insane. Yeah, incredibly I, oppressive. Incredibly oppressive. Again, playing damage right now, she makes me want to. To turn over and into that deck um single-handedly basically yeah i think so lady tremaine best card in ruby for the for the audio listeners we have lady tremaine um the empress queen at uh op or s tier overpowered from ruby we have sheer khan and teeth and ambitions and a we have Minnie mouse stylish surfer queen of hearts rush uh scar and b tier felicia and c tier 
and we move on to Sapphire. All right, let's go. All right, Alice. She was incredibly hyped at the beginning. I think she's still good, but I don't think she's insane. Where do you put? Where do you think Alice goes here? Low A. I'm thinking low A. I, I I would agree with that. I might even be considering B. I think low A makes sense. I think there's the three cost is really really easy to get her out there early or late game. Mm -hmm. So so I guess I, I guess we need to be a little bit more specific on Alice. So Alice is the the uh, one of the legendaries in Sapphire. Three strength or three cost inkable. One strength, four willpower. Her ability is kind of similar to Bell's, and it is when it, while this character has plus 10 strength, she gets four more lore to quest with. So her uh, secondary ability is you, all your other characters gain support. So if you have other strong characters on the board, she gets to that 10 strength to quest for five really quick, and it makes her really strong. I complete. I mean, like, it's been... I think that you're able to quest... Like, you're able to quest with all your other cards, add the strength to her, then quest for five is pretty insane. I have seen a game where someone had ten ink, so they had Bell. I've seen that as well. And they had a Goofy Night for a Day on the board, which gives Alice ten strength. So they quest for... Let me do math here. That was 14? Yeah. They quest for 14 on that turn. That's insane. It's one of the nuttiest things I've ever seen. Yeah, that's crazy. So I agree. Alice at A tier. Um, Cogsworth, Grandfather, Clock. I, I almost, Ooh, oh, oh, whoa. Whoa. I almost want to put him at A. Okay, you clearly want to put him at A. We'll, a. Put, we'll put him at A. I, I, so Cogsworth, Grandfather, Clock. He has a ton of abilities, too. He's got two strength, five willpower. Shifts for three with a five cost inkable. He has ward, so he can't be directly removed. And his ability, his main ability, is like Alice and Aurora, where he gives everyone else an ability, which is resist plus one. He's really oppressive. He's really, really oppressive because it makes it incredibly hard to take other characters off the board, especially if they already have a resist. Like, Noi might have resist on your board already, and so giving her resist two makes a two-cost card extremely hard to take off. And then anything else, it just it becomes really oppressive. Um, and you really, really need direct removal for your board because he's got wards, so you can't directly remove him. So why why are we putting this in B? What's the negatives? I think just I, I don't know of a really I, I I've been tinkering with him. I have a, a emerald sapphire deck I've been tinkering with to try to like set, centered around Cogsworth. Uh, I just I don't think. I think there are a lot better options turn five. And if you're shifting him turn two, then you're losing pressure on the board um, because you don't want to challenge or quest with him. And so he's just, so that means turn two, you're, you're shifting him, or turn three, you're shifting him, and he's just sitting there. And so it's, it's just the tempo that you lose by That's playing fair. him. That's fair. Um, okay, Gaston, also in Sapphire. I think we were both a little hesitant on this one at first. Um, I think the Popsicle deck has changed that a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Gaston, I think, is really strong. The the intellectual powerhouse. Where would you put Gaston? I'm going to say C. You clearly have not played enough Popsicle. I Look, I understand. I understand the Popsicle. Like, I do. Just to me, it's a little overhyped. Okay. Certain league members that you respect more than myself... Have said he is insanely busted. Does that change your opinion? If you're talking about the two people that I, I'm thinking of, then yes. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so Gaston Intellectual Powerhouse is a six cost, non-inkable, four strength, four willpower. He also has shift. He's not, the shift isn't used very much, but uh, he quests for three, which is insane. And then he's also got an ability which says, look at the top three cards of your deck. You may put one into your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your deck. So he, he replaces himself in your hand. He also sifts through to find the card that you're needing on your next turn. And he quests for three. I mean, he does three really, really, really strong things. Okay. It's as simple as that. Okay. For me. I mean, I'll... I'll, so I will say one thing that we'll get into with another legendary in Sapphire here is there is decks now where you can completely go through your entire deck in the game. Not pull everything, but go through, yeah, like sift through your entire deck. Is. Um, which I never thought we'd see in a, a long time. I think it's a really interesting way to play is basically you know where everything is in your deck. If you have a photographic memory. It's really strong to be um, able to do that. And he plays into that, which is, is really nice. Okay, I kind of stole that one from you. So Grand Pabby, where are we where are we putting the pabs at? I'm gonna say Tyler, don't hate me. C. I I'm right there with you. So we were both super hype on Grand Pabby when we saw him. I think he still has again. This is playable, so I think he's still playable if you want to. Grand Pabby, oldest and wisest, seven cost, uninkable, three strength, six willpower, quests for three. His ability is whenever you remove one or more damage from one of your characters, gain two lore. And so if you're in a popsicle deck where you have popsicles and maybe a gumbo pot or something else on the board, you do have the ability to get six or eight lore. I think the problem is it's uninkable. It's very late in the game, and it doesn't necessarily give you direct... I know, it doesn't give you direct, like, given value that turn where you know like Elsa Spirit of Winter, Maleficent Monsters Dragon, those are giving you value 100% when you play them. No, I agree. I okay. agree. Flavisham, I think I could go on off on all day. We will dive deep into the Flavisham one on our meta deck. Um, I'm just going OP. Best card draw in the game, period. So if you need card draw and you are playing Sapphire, you play Flavisham, hands down. It's also, I mean, a pretty good pickup on TCG player if you're looking right for Right now singles. it is. It, it At one point it was up 1,000%, but it's definitely back down. It was up to like 12 bucks. It's down to back three. But the kicker here is, um, you know, he, he's, he, can, he can draw cards for you turn after turn. You can replenish your hand. The big problem from Sapphire set one was you could ink ramp really quick, but you couldn't draw. And so you would just burn yourself out. That's not the problem with him. Nope, not anymore. Okay, so... You know, we're going to do these next two together. I'm going to go A tier for Nick and Popsicle because they play right into the Flavisham draw cycle wheelhouse. We're talking about Nick Weld and the obviously the Popsicle item here. So Popsicle item is a one cost item that when you play it, you get to draw a card and it also heals one of your characters for two. You exert and banish to heal one of your characters for two. So you can do that. Then you can play Nick Wild, which then gets to pick up a Popsicle from the discard pile. Um, and you can see where that goes. You just get to keep either healing or keep having items on the board and drawing from Flavisham. So pretty crazy. Absolutely. And we're also seeing, I think, and I'm not saying this because of the damage deck, we're seeing a lot more damage staying on the board than just instantly a card being banished. So heal cards like Popsicle, I think, are a lot more playable. I agree, too. Um, Noi. I... I really like Noi. I don't think she, I think there are a lot of other good options out there. I'm gonna. Uh, what are you thinking for Noi? D. 
D. Okay, I was gonna say B or C, so I'll go. I'll go C. Okay. Um, noise a, a two cost inkable one strength two willpower quests for two, but she's given ward and resist plus one when she has an item on the board. So again, that pairs well with the item Flavisham Nick Wild kind of meta there. Um, yeah, so I, I think it you just gives you some early questing if you need it. Which, Actually, I'm, I'm I'm fine with B if you want to go B. Because she 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 quests for two. I mean, I think she's fine. Because again, I think you have to have an item on the board, or she's really mediocre then. But I mean, she's two quests for two. I mean, I feel like even that within itself is is be worthy. Mm, okay, we'll put it below B. Okay, Sisu, um, from last legendary from Sapphire. <sighs> Where do you want to go? High A. What? I was going D or C. Oh. Wait, hold on. I might be getting it mixed up with another card. Read, read it again. Yeah, so Sisu is the legendary from Sapphire. She's a four-cost uninkable, two-strength, four-willpower, quests for two. Whenever this character quests, look the top two cards of your deck. You may put one into your hand, put, one, put the rest at the bottom of your deck. Okay. I was reminded of the card. I know what it is now. I thought it was something different. Don't judge me. Um, that is a D. I'm going to go C because she does have the card draw. I think the problem here is is that you have the Flavisham engine, which we've already talked about. So you don't need card draw because if you need card draw on Sapphire, you're playing Flavisham. You don't really need that. She's uninkable, which really doesn't help her case either. This really sucks. I love Raya. I love Sisu. I've talked about that plenty of times. Unfortunately, I got didn't get any fun toys when it comes to riding the last dragon. I think she's C, really. Just, I mean... I think we can put it in D. I, we need a, we need something, we need something in, D. in D. Okay, that's I fine. I think we can put, we'll it, in put D. it in D. You know what? I'm putting Pappy in D then too. Okay, that's fair. Why not? Sorry, Tyler. That's um, my brother. Um, okay, we're getting into steel. I'll let you go on these first couple ones because um, this is what you've been playing. But the first two we have are two of the beast cards. We've got beast selfless protector. Yep. Um, Six cost, two strength, eight willpower, and his ability is whenever somebody is supposed to take damage on your team. The damage goes on him instead. So I, this is my favorite card in this the set. It's not. I'm not saying it's the best, but I. It's my favorite. Um, I'm gonna put him in C though. I think C or D is is fine. I think that's fair. I think I. I don't. I, I think he's a very good card. I just don't think there's a lot of opportunity. I think in the sixth slot, especially in steel, where you have giant tank. You have Cinderella Shift. You have Cinderella Shift coming next turn. I think it's just a big body that's hard to really get value out of. Especially, and I hate saying this because this is the case for every card, but when there's direct removal, like, you know, it, it just becomes a lot less beneficial. Um, I've also seen where he can be used as, like, a singing engine with the 8 willpower. Um, where yeah. he can be used what he's used for. Um, but he can also be used to sing with the 8 willpower, um, which is interesting play. Um, obviously there is shift beast, but this is not a shift target by any means. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that the, the mechanic it adds in, in play is really interesting where you can challenge with cards, especially with a card, um, like relentless beast. Um, and this can just take damage from it is really, is really awesome. Um, but we'll, we'll move on to the next. Yeah, I, I like I like you said, it's a very unique mechanic, and so I like that a lot. I just don't think it's like necessarily the best card out there yet. Um, but getting on to the next one, as you said, Beast Tragic Hero, a.k.a. Emo Beast. It is definitely Emo Beast. Um, where are you putting him? 
So this is currently the most expensive card um, on TCG Player. For set two, yeah. Um, I don't think it deserves that, to be completely honest. I think I'm going to put it high, high B, low A. I was going to put it high A, low OP. So we can put it. We can put A. We'll okay. go like mid A here. I think he's just an incredible, again, a credible draw engine. Anytime you have an incredible draw engine, there's a ton of value behind him. So let me let me say this. The reason I I, I was going to put it lower is because I'm a damaged player, and I, I realized that that's why. Because when I when I'm playing against this card, it's never drawing. And and, and obviously that's, that's a, and obviously that's a threat. But then I think that turns him into a challenging powerhouse and so you still get a bunch of value from him because so again we're doing a terrible job of explaining what these are beast tragic hero is a five cost inkable three strength five willpower quests for two his ability is at the start of your turn if this character has no damage you get to draw a card otherwise he has plus four strength this turn so he's either drawing you a card or a challenge powerhouse obviously i think you mainly want him to be a draw engine and to be drawing but you can also, if you have direct damage like you're talking about with Steel, then you can just turn him into an incredibly powerful removal engine. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. Um. Um, okay, Benja. Let's see if we have the same thought on this one. Where, you, where would you put Benja? With what we're dealing with right now, let's think about the meta here. We've got Popsicle. Yep. We've got stuff like that. Sorcerer's Spellbook. With Flavisham. High Aloes? Yeah, same spot. Exactly what I was thinking. So he, he's just a better a better version of the Chapter 1 Beast. I mean, the fact that he you get to play it a, a, turner, a couple turns earlier because he only costs three. Um, I, I'm jumping ahead of myself again. Benja is a three-cost inkable, two-strength, three-willpower card quests for two. And it's whenever you play this character, you may banish chosen item. So there's so many important items out there now with the Popsicle Recursion, with the Sorcerer's Spellbook and amethyst that we'll get to in a minute um yeah i think item removal is as important as ever and he's the best card in the game to do it absolutely i completely agree with that okay this is an easy one for both of us um cinderella stouthearted is a solid 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 s tier so i just want to go through this real quick when we've this card was first announced me and you both said this is going to be one of the top cards in the game I think even think that was a little bit of an understatement because I didn't realize how hard this was going to be to get off the board. Like it's near impossible. You pretty much have to direct remove it, which, have to. Yeah, which have to. isn't necessarily the case for everything. Um, seven seven cost inkable, five strength, five willpower, but she has resist plus two, which means she takes two less damage every time she's given damage. Um, on top of that, if you play a song. This character may challenge readied characters. So she's got removal of cards that are drying or that have been readied up from like Shield of Virtue or something. Um, yeah, I, I really can't understate how strong this card is. The one weakness, which it's shocking to say this is, she has too much strength. If she had four strength, then she wouldn't be a target for World's Greatest Criminal Mind, which we'll get to in Amber here in a minute. But she's insane. That's all there is to say about it. She doesn't even need the, the song ready like ability. No, without that, she'd still be S tier. But with that, she's incredibly OP. I completely agree. Okay, last two song cards. Um, gosh, I think these are probably... I'm going to go A tier for Let the Storm Rage On and middle B tier for... Um, 
for Let the Storm Rage On. Did I get that? Or, or no. Let, let Strength, Strength of a Raging Fire. Fire. So we'll go back. We'll do these back to back and steal because they're both very similar. Um, but Let the Storm Rage On is a three cost uninkable song that says deal two damage to chosen character. You also get to draw a card. Again, any draw recursion or any cards that replace itself in your hand is a big one. Um, and then let, uh, the Strength of a Raging Fire is a song, three cost, is inkable. And it, it says whenever you sing this or do it, you do the amount of damage to chosen character that you have characters on the board. So if you have four characters, it does four damage. If you have two characters, it does two damage. Again, I think the Steel Song deck is incredibly powerful. This just gives you more engine to do direct damage and to sing the direct damage um, from Steel. So both extremely strong. Love those cards. Okay, Steel recap real quick. Cinderella S tier, Benja A tier, Beast Tragic Hero A tier, Let the Storm Rage On A tier, Strength of a Raging Fire B tier, Beast, what's that one? Selfless Protector. Selfless Protector C tier, and we move on to Amber. Alrighty. All right, Snow White, the first Snow White. And I put this one on here. I know it's not the most meta card in the game, but I wanted to do something that wasn't like incredibly meta because I think it plays really well with the Seven Dwarfs, obviously. So the the, the Snow White that we chose was the two-cost uninkable version. Um, her subscript is um, Unexpected House Guest, and her ability is you pay one less for the next Seven Dwarfs character you play. Quest for one, one strength, two willpower. So if you are wanting to play a theme deck like we've talked about and you do want to play a very you know, synergistic from a movie perspective or from a property perspective deck, this is by far the best way to do it now. I have played the Seven Dwarfs deck quite a few times. I've lost to it a few times. It's not the worst card in the world. I think if you aren't trying to play the most meta, meta deck and be the most sweaty player out there, this is a fun one, good one to play. And for... And for those reasons, D tier, I think, is... I was going to say C. No, I, uninkable. Uninkable. Uninkable, that's uninkable. big. You're right. You're right, uninkable. Um, okay. The Queen. I don't know where to put this one. I ha I'm i between two. Let me see if you're in the same spot. Where, where do we put the Queen? Mid A. Okay, I was going to say A or S. So I'm, I'm going to go a little high A. High is fine, yeah. So the Queen, Commanding Presence, she's a five-cost shift for two so again if we're talking steel song she can sing on turn two that's fair or turn three um whenever and also her ability is whenever this character quests chosen opposing character gets minus four strength and then chosen opposing character gets plus four strength so you can basically use her as a challenge engine as well because if you're questing with her on the board on the other team then you're definitely dying, and the person that challenges that person is definitely not dying because she gives you all the strength in the world and she takes away all your opponent's strength. So it, it's incredibly powerful. It's incredibly oppressive to have your opponent have her on the board. The, the three willpower obviously makes her easily removable. Otherwise, she would be stronger than Cinderella. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay, so we get to... A couple songs and a couple other cards here, but World's Greatest Criminal Mind, we talked about in Cinderella. I'm going to go high B tier on this. The only reason is because it's at very high bar or it's not usable. So World's Greatest Criminal Mind is a song in Amber, and it's three cost, and it says banish chosen character with five strength or more. And so strong characters, if you're playing against Amber, you have to be very wary of it because... Cinderella, for instance, you put her on the board, singing World's Greatest Criminal Mind, gone. That's the only real removal tool you have against Cinderella. Okay. 
So I think this is low S high A in my opinion. Because if you think about it, it makes the super meta cards like Cinderella almost unplayable in a sense. It's where you literally can't play them. Or you can play them, but they immediately get removed. And I think it does it does that to a lot of useful, really good cards. Um, even like if you're gonna bounce a card like uh, Monstrous Dragon, you're gonna bounce it back to play it again. Um, this would banish that and certain things like that. In I agree. The one caveat though is is if you're playing an aggro deck or you're playing a deck that doesn't have caught characters that caught have over five strength, then it's completely useless. It's but, ink. But it's inkable. I know, but which is inkable. why it's not a, a D-tier card. If it wasn't inkable, it would be D-tier. I just, I think it's a three-cost single, like, I, I don't know. Okay, we'll go A-tier then. I think it's insane. Okay, zero to hero. I think we're going to, I think this is one we're going to look back on and have gotten wrong. I've heard a lot of people talk a ton of good stuff about this. Um... I, however, don't love it yet. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Um, I don't want to regret it, but I'm, I'm, I'm C. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, I, I think this is one that we will look back on and probably have a, a different perspective on later in the, in the season of the set. I just, right now, I think there is basically two really strong decks and amber there's the steel song which it some people put it in i personally don't and then you have the super aggro deck and steel song which again you can use that to sing with a bunch of characters on the board since it's aggro and get something else out there that's a little bit bigger body i'm personally just not the biggest fan i don't know I mean, it deserves a spot on this list um i just think we're we're not playing that kind of game yet yeah i agree okay mufasa I really want to love this one. Um, sorry, I, I completely missed this one again too. Zero to Hero, quick recap since I didn't say it at the beginning, is a two cost uninkable, and it says count the number of characters you have in play, you pay that less amount ink to play the next character this turn. So it lets you get expensive cards out there for a lot cheaper. Um, Mufasa and Amber is a uh, four cost, am I correct on that one? I can't read Five it apparently. Cost. Five cost, and he is inkable, three strength, three willpower, two quests for two, and his ability is whenever this character is banished, you may reveal the top card in your deck. If it's a character, you may put it in play exerted. So he basically has the option to replace himself on the board when you banish him. Uh, that could be good or bad. It could be a surfer stitch that comes out of your hands next turn. I had that happen to me on like turn three because they played um, one jump ahead and then they got the surfer stitch on like turn four and after that it was game over. Or you could get a regular stitch, new dog, and then it doesn't mean anything. So yeah. I don't know. Where, where do you put Mufasa? I think high C. I'm in the same boat. Straightforward. Um, I will say we pulled a bunch of this. Unfortunately. Um, I don't think it gets, I don't think it's bad by any means. No. Um, anything that replaces itself even in the board is cool. It's not something we really have except for this card. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting new mechanic. Um, I overall like it. Um, just not, not super playable yet. I agree. Okay, now we have our OP card for Amber, Cinderella. Okay, I agree. <laughs> I mean, there's not much else to say. Um, we'll just read off the stats here. Cinderella Ballroom Sensation, one cost, one strength, two willpower. Singer, three. 
That's the big kicker here. And then we talked about on Steel with your fancy let the, uh, let the Storm Rage on and Strength of a Raging Fire. On turn two, basically whatever your opponent plays is getting removed. Straight up. It's awesome. So it just really gives you incredible board control early. Also, if you're playing the Amber Amethyst aggro deck, you can sing Friends on the Other Side on turn two instead of turn four. That's also pretty insane. It is. I mean, it's it's probably the best one drop in the game. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I very well could be, for sure. It's besides Pascal. Yep. Of course. of course. Pascal is like a different, you know, tier, though, of one cost. God tier. Um, okay, Amethyst. I don't know how to do any of this. And what I mean by that is I'm just going to preface. So the Merlin Mem bounce package... That you get with basically the, a sword in the stone. Bounce even package. a little Arthur, yeah, even a little Arthur thrown in there. The cohesion that you get from that is bonkers. And I think that we've talked about this a few times. This is what we've wanted. Yes, yeah. movie. This is insane. Theme decks, and this is the number one in the game by far. No, easy. And th- this might be like the best deck right now by far. Um. So. I'll go over all of them real quick. I think they kind of all need to go together because they're all just kind of there. With Without themselves, it isn't near as strong. Um, but yeah, you have two Merlins. Uh, you have Goat and Rabbit. You have two Mims. You have Snake and Fox. You have Arthur, who is also part of the, the crew there. But the, the Merlins and Mims are basically the big ones. So Madam Mim Fox has rush and has three strength or four strength three willpower three cost is inkable um and the the kicker with the mems card and so this is also for the snake is that whenever you play them you have to return one of the cards on your board back to your hand which isn't necessarily always a good thing but if you have a like pinocchio for instance which is also on the list which is a one strength, one willpower quests for three card. Once he quests, you want him off the board because you don't want him to get taken out. Those mems bounce him back to your hand and make it keep him from being banished. Then you have uh, mem snake, which we already mentioned, which is a two strength or two cost inkable, three strength, three willpower. Same deal. Whenever you play this character, you have to bounce another one back to your hand. Quests for one, but three strength, three willpower on a two cost card. Nutty. Getting to the Merlins, we have the goat, which is when you play this character and he is removed from play, you gain one lore. Don't even have to quest to get the lore. You just play him and remove him. Get two lore there. So basically by playing him, you're guaranteeing yourself two lore. Mm -hmm. Merlin Rabbit, same deal. When you play and when he's removed from play, you get to draw a card. So again, you're you're ensuring yourself you get to draw two cards there. And then lastly, as part of the Sword in the Stone package, is Arthur, Wizard's Apprentice. One strength, three willpower, three cost uninkable, quests for one. But when he quests, you have the opportunity to remove one of your cards back to your hand and gain an additional two lore. So imagine you play Goat, get one lore, quest with Arthur, get one lore, bounce Goat. Get two lore with Arthur. No, you get one for questing. So getting there. Oh, okay. Quest with Arthur, get one lore, play Goat, get one lore, decide to remove Goat, get two lore. From Merlin's or from Arthur's ability, then get another lore from Go leaving play. That's a six, a six lore turn from one person questing. And 
I think that's why out of all of these, Arthur deserves S. To be completely honest. I think I think Arthur probably is good with S. The rest of these I really don't know what High to do. A. I think they're all I think they all have to go together. I hate A being so like saturated here on our list. I might even like take Alice and Cogsworth down a notch. Um Cogsworth's fine. You can move Cogsworth down. We'll go Cogsworth. And then you can criminal mind you can move down to B. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Where I wanted to put it initially. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm backing off a little bit. Um, but I think that's just where really where the Sword in the Stone cards belong. Um, just because it's just one of the best decks, and you have to have all of them together. If they if you don't have them together, then they're not near 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 as effective. No. Um, so the other two amethyst ones that I already put on the board, if you're watching the YouTube channel, is the Pinocchio Star Attraction. He's a two strength uninkable one or two cost. Gotta, gosh, I keep doing that. Two cost. Uninkable, one strength, one willpower, quests for three. When paired in an aggro deck with Merlin, or with Arthur, where you can quest and bounce him back, nutty. You're going to get, like, if you don't have direct removal for Pinocchio before he quests, like one of the songs that we already talked about, or like Giant Tink or something, you're in serious trouble. You can, you're going to have, these, your opponent's going to be three turns in with, like, 12 lore. Yeah. Uh, I mean, think about that. Three turns, 12 lore. It's insane. That's crazy. It's insane. And then you have Sorcerer's Spellbook. One of my personal favorites from the set. Uh, we also, I think, we're pretty spot on on this one when we saw it revealed. Is that it's an item, it's three cost, uninkable, but it's exert for one ink, gain one lore. So in control decks where there's a lot of board clearing going on, doesn't matter. Just keep questing away as your opponent's struggling to keep cards on the board. I agree. Yep. Okay. Last ink, and I want you to take over on a lot of this one because I've been talking way too much, and Emerald is right up your alley. It is this this uh, set, that's okay. for sure. So we'll go off here with Beast, uh, Beast Relentless. Yep. He's a six cost, inkable, four strength, five willpower. Quest for two, his ability is when an opposing character is damaged, you may ready this character. And it doesn't say you may not quest the rest it, of this turn. It does not. Um... I behind Beast Selfless Protector. This is my favorite card in the game. Um, it is a legendary, by the way. I will add that. So it has that little caveat to it. Um, I think, like I've I've quested I've quested for ten in one turn with this. I, I with its help, I've quested for eighteen in one turn. Um, with with two on the with two uh, on the board at one time, I quested for twenty and won the game in one in one turn. Um, to me, this is S tier. It also negates greatest criminal mind. It doesn't have five strength; it has four strength. Okay, you're just saying that because I said that before we started. No, I I've thought about that. Okay. I, I love the stat okay. line. Love the stat line. Um, to me, it to me it is S. But that I I know you feel differently. Realistically, where does it go? I no, I honestly believe it's S. That's that's just my honest opinion. I honestly believe it's S. Okay, I will I will compromise with you and put it B. You were gonna put it there. I was gonna put it there. And so wait, you I was gonna put it. You're gonna put it D? Yeah. I think. Wait, what? When when your strategy revolves so much around one card. If something happens, like you don't draw it, or you don't get it at the right time, or you're behind in the game, and so you have to play catch up to some degree, 
then you're in your opponent's realm and the rest of your deck might suffer from that. So I, I, I get where you're coming from with that. But this isn't even, in my opinion, a don't even matter about the questing. This is a better Scar. I would disagree. I, I might, I, I'd probably take Scar over this. I would 100% take Beast over this. This is over Scar. This, to me, it again, number one, in a, in a, with the four strength, it still negates that, the greatest criminal mind. And four strength is going to do you a lot of good. A lot of good. It's got that five strength, but it... I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I, I I believe it's S. I know you don't. I I think it's better. You don't think it's better than Scar? No, I don't because Scar gets you value. Like you are going to play Scar and you know you're getting value from it. He has Rush, so he's going to come in on a turn and take out one or two characters. He has value. He get, 100% gets you value. Beast, you might play him and not get any value. Like there is an opportunity where you play Beast and he doesn't do anything for you. That's fair. I mean, that's fair. Well, I'll put him to A for you. No, you're fine. No, no we're, we're going to put, sure, him, we're gonna fine. put him A. I'm going to move Alice down. And we're going to put him B. Um, okay, so Cheshire Cat. We, we both have very strong opinions on this one, too. Uh, where do you put Cheshire? Yes. What? I'm so... Look, you're asking me my personal thoughts? That is my personal thoughts. I'm sorry? Your favorite cards can't be s just because i put my single favorite card in c okay you can't get on me for that is is cheshire better than prince john all right let's let's go over cheshire real quick so they know what we're yeah, talking so about Chesh here. the the super rare uh from the shadows cheshire cat eight strength or eight cost inkable shift five five strength six willpower also has evasive quests for two and he also has another ability set that says Exert to banish chosen damaged character. I agree with you. Look, I will get my thoughts out of the way. I'll let you put him where you want to. I think he's a really strong card. I just don't think he has a place in the current game. I think the five, the five cost is way too high of a bar to clear for other op options within Emerald. I think you have Cusco. I think you have Pete. I think you have other like. He doesn't fit necessarily into the draw the the discard deck from Prince John. You have Beast Genie or Genie on the job that's going to bounce a character. I think there are just so many better options that that high cost to get him on the board um, makes it tough. Then I'll go A. A is fine. Okay. I just I don't know, man. The evasive on this I think is huge. I'll say that off the bat for sure. Evasive is massive. The evasive which. Like, in some cases, this card doesn't need, and in other cases, it really needs. Um, if you're exerting to banish Chosen Damage character, that's very helpful. It's it's huge. Um, and even without, if, take the evasive off of it, it has an awesome stat line. Um, six willpower. The five strength is kind of a letdown with uh, World's Race Criminal Mind. That obviously puts it in its its realm of things. Yeah. Um so I mean, A is, is A is probably where it belongs. I probably jumped the gun. I'd probably put it in C if I had my choice. I'll leave it A. I know he. We might not have a duo podcast by the end of this because Jake might banish me. No, that's fine. Um, but I I just don't think. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I would like to have other people's comments on that. I just yeah. Okay. No, Anyways, that's fine. um, okay, Daisy Duck. 
one of my favorite emerald cards she's a four cost inkable two strength three willpower quests for two the secret agent subscript says whenever this character quests opponent chooses and discards a card i mean i like it i like it a lot i don't play it personally in in emerald but i do like it um, um i think i don't think it deserves an a i think a b is probably so i disagree for one wait did you just move shere khan from a i did yeah. no he's a I'm sorry, he, Shere Khan's A. So, we're not moving any of these. We're not moving Popsicle, Sorcerer, Spellbook, or Nick Wild. Yeah, we're not moving. Put, put, put Shere Khan in A. That means the, like, all these, like, half this, half this set is A? Shere Khan is A. Come on. Oh, my gosh. Come on. Oh, my gosh. Um, Daisy, I think she's incredibly, incredibly oppressive with the discard. You have to address her if you don't. You just can't have any cards in your hand then. You either have to ink or play everything that comes in because if you don't, she's going to remove it. So she has to be, has to be taken, can have to be taken care of right when played. Um, I think the S tier card for, or OP card for Emerald is Prince John. Okay. I don't think it's S. I don't. There's, there's a whole meta around this card. And it's not, I don't mean a deck meta, I mean like a whole game style meta. Discard decks are here because of this card. Okay. I, I just, that's fair, right? Like that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. I don't, I don't think him alone is the strongest thing ever. You're right. I think in a vacuum, you look at this card, it's probably even D tier or not even on this list. But the point of this list is to say the most playable cards. And he is one of the most playable cards right now. That's fair. fair? That's fair. Okay. Um, so again, if you ha if you're not aware, Prince John is a emerald card. He has a three cost uninkable, one strength, two willpower quests for two. He has ward, which is very important. Um, and his ability is whenever this whenever your opponent discards one or more cards, you may draw a card for each card they discard. So he's a draw engine for you while disrupting your opponent's hands. He he has started the whole discard meta. I'm very into the discard set. We played right before we started recording. It's really awesome. Course, I love him. Don't give any of my cards S tier, but yours are all S tier. That's fine. <laughs> Wait, moving on. Did you put Arthur S tier? You agree with that? Did, no, no, no. Did you put Arthur S tier? No. Yeah, you, you didn't put Arthur S tier. Did you? We both put Ar okay. Arthur no, S tier. No. <laughs> no. We both did. No, no, no. You're you're not answering the question. I need a yes or no. Did you say Arthur should be S? Yes or no? Yes. Did you say Cinderella should be S? Yes or no? Yes. Did you say other Cinderella should be a I'm saying your cards that you think are good enough and I don't. Okay, you... where do you put Prince John? A. A. Um, Flynn Rider, I'm going to go low B. Hypnotize, I'm going D. You got to explain the cards. I will. I'm we just talk... <laughs> We're just I agree with both of those. We're just we're we're at each other's wits. Funnily, not for real people, no, yeah, Fun yeah. and we're also an hour and seven minutes into this. Oh wow! Yeah, so this is by far our longest episode. If you're still with us, very much appreciated. <laughs> We've been bantering back and forth way too much. Very quickly, Flynn Rider from set two. Um, he is the evasive shift Flynn Rider, and he uh, his own biggest fan. He's evasive. He quests for four, but his ability or inability is whenever. 
your character has a card in their hand, you get minus one lore. So if they have four cards in their hand, he quests for zero. If they have zero cards in their hand, he quests for four. If they have two cards in their hand, they quest for two and so on. So he's very much a part of the, the, the Prince John discard meta. You have to get your opponent to have an empty hand for him to have any real value. Um, but when they don't have any cards in their hand, he has incredible, incredible value. Um, so that's why I think he's B. Hypnotize, we did kind of dump on a little bit to begin with. Replaces itself in your hand. If you have Prince John in your hand, then you get to draw an additional card because your opponent discards because Hypnotize says each opponent chooses and discards a card, you may draw a card. So with Prince John on there, you draw a card from Hypnotize, you draw a card from Prince John. It, it's part of my discard deck. I don't think it's the best discard card in the deck. But yeah, that's where we're at. Alrighty. All right, well... He, I said we're over an hour in, and Jake's ready to wrap this one up now. So. No, I, I'm trying to. I'm letting you get all the important stuff no, out. Then sorry, I, I I felt like I talked way too much this time. It didn't give you the floor, so it's your floor. Your final thoughts. Give me your ending remarks, and we will end on that. I'm gonna scroll up a little bit so that we can see the the full set here, and I'm uh, am giving you the floor. All right. First of all, raised on this list, Travesty. Um, you... Oh, I did put him on here. I don't know why he didn't show up, but I did put him on here. Um, yep, not on there. Sorry, you're right. As a Travesty, I thought I put him on there for you. My apologies. OP, obviously, maybe in a tier above that, Ray tier. Um, <laughs> Evangeline tier, obviously. That would work. Um, but I think I think overall, like, there's some stuff that's hard to... To rank obviously with the the sword and the stone deck that's hard to rank on here um my personal opinion on my damage deck negated a lot of this and and paved the way on my opinions um but overall i feel real good about it i think i think there's a lot of cards that were overhyped and obviously there's a lot of cards that were under okay last question and then we'll wrap it up here we already said zero to hero what other card do you think we're going to look back on on this one and say, man, we really got that wrong? Um, I think I think um, Selfless Protector Beast. I really do. Okay. I think it's going to find its place. You think somebody's going to figure it out? I think we're going to find its place. Okay. All right, everyone, if you're still with us, thank you for sticking through. This <laughs> if you skip to the one. end, even thank you. I mean, whatever. Whatever you did, thank you. This is this has been a long one. Um, I We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we hope that this list works, you know? I mean, hope that this we is... We put a lot a, of thought and time into it. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So with that said, thanks for sticking around. We will see you next time. Bye, Peace. guys.